Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose show, where we put your health and happiness as our number one priority. I'm your host, Carrie Faith, and I'll be sharing a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to create your masterpiece called Life. I believe that with faith and inspired action, anything and everything is possible. And when you combine it with purpose, there is absolutely no limit to your success. I share my own personal struggles and triumphs while exposing global perspectives about happiness, health, and well-being. We combine talks around spirituality, psychology, and self-development to align your mind, body, and soul. Together, we connect, create, and transform from the inside out. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or if you're anything like me, a glass of water, or perhaps even some champagne, while we carry faith on purpose together. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast. I am so honored, humbled, excited, all the feelings to have Renee Marino with us here today. She is a communication coach who has been featured on Dean Graciosi's podcast, The Dean Graciosi Show. She guides women and men to own their power and gain confidence in themselves and clarity in their relationships by becoming comfortable with authentic communication and merging the two worlds of new school technology with old school simplicity. She can be seen as Mary Delgado in the film Jersey Boys, directed by Clint Eastwood and was featured in People.com. Quote, ones to watch, Variety, and in the Huffington Post, which stated the Broadway star, who is basically Tina Fey's celebrity doppelganger, is a scene stealer, sprouting swears and put downs with a plumb. Uh, Jersey Boys pops whenever she's on screen. Yes. We have a celebrity turned communication coach with us today, Renee Marino. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so honored, so excited for this interview. I am just beyond humble that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be with me today. And let's just go back to the time where our words collide, worlds collided, and now we're speaking face-to-face, actually, for the first time, although I feel like I connect with you every day online, and that's the beautiful thing about you, that you're like this big star, but you are so humble and approachable, and you're there for just everybody. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I feel the same way about you. It's so funny that you're saying this is our first time, like, connecting live, because I'm like, I feel like I talk to you every day. Right. So let's go back to the time that our worlds kind of collided and how we connected in the virtual world when you were interviewed by Dean Graciosi. And I'm not sure this was probably even before you were on the Dean Graciosi podcast. Yes. I'm not correct. And 
I never thought like I would get the chance to speak with Dean Graciosi. Oh my gosh. And let alone <laughs> speak with you, but we were both interviewed, not simultaneously, but, um, you were first and I was second. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to follow your show. <laughs> oh, stop. Actually, I'm going to be very honest with you. When I watched your interview right away, I was like, I love this girl. And I think I said that once Dean started interviewing me, I was like, I feel like you're a soul sister. Like there was just, just your energy. You know, you can always kind of tell with people. You feel a certain energy when you speak with them. And I didn't even speak with you yet, but it was just the interview with Dean. I just, I, I recognized that authenticity in you. And honestly, those blue eyes of yours and you wore blue and I was like, wow. I was just mesmerized. I was like, I love this girl. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That really means a lot to me. And I think that was like that moment when I was interviewed by Dean and you were the same day on the start over challenge in front of like thousands and thousands of people. Um, I really had to exercise. I'm just going to be vulnerable here. A lot of courage to say yes to something. I had no clue it was going to be like in front of that many people. And I really didn't understand the scope of it. But in the moment of me like talking to him on that interview, I just had to be myself. <laughs> because that really prepared me for that. And that's really what I think authentic communication is. And maybe why you even like felt that connection with me because I took down all the guards and I was fearful, but I just did it anyway and rolled with whatever was rolling off my tongue. Because nothing really prepared me. I didn't have questions ahead of time, sort of like this podcast. I just go with my heart. And, and it, worked. it worked, Carrie, because you're exactly right. You had the fear, you felt the fear, but you did it anyway. And I love that so much because that's what I really teach to my clients and in my courses. Imperfect action is what I call it because. I know what it's like to be a perfectionist. I've lived my whole life as a perfectionist, especially as a Broadway performer and, you know, on film, all of that. It's, it's a hard career. And, you know, being, I'm a Virgo, my birthday's in a few days. So by nature, I think that perfectionism is kind of a part of my personality. So I understand that feeling of not being able to take action unless you think it's perfect and the circumstances are exactly ideal. And you, you start to realize that never happens, right? Mm -hmm. There is no per perfect time. So the fact that you did that interview, you knew to tell yourself, all right, Carrie, you're scared, you're, you're nervous, but the best you could do is be yourself. And that is why I connected with you so much because I could tell it was you. And this is the funny part, everyone listening. Like, this is the funny part when we feel scared and we feel nervous and we're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I was horrible and that sucked and I could have did that better. Usually the people on the other end don't feel that at all. And I couldn't tell you that you were nervous even a little bit. So let that just be a reminder to you that you don't have to be so hard on yourself. As long as you're being true to who you are, whether that's vulnerable, whether that's a little scared, whether that's confused, be yourself. And when you are, you really can't go wrong. 
That is such great advice because like I said, before we started recording, like I'm nervous to talk to you and it's like, why do I need to be nervous? We were meant to be together right here, right now. And we were both meant to collide when we did a few months ago via Dean Graciosi and the Start Over Challenge and all the Knowledge Broker Blueprint and all, and just be yourself. But I want to talk a little bit about how you went from where you were, like you're a big star. I mean, if people have to to like stop right here right now and go look up uh, Mary Delgado and the Jersey Boys, this is Renee Marino, (laughs) Mary Delgado. You went from the big screen to like the everyday screen where everyone just feels like you're their sister and you're the best friend to everyone that connects with you. So how did going from like being on the big screen of having to be perfect, that's really what Hollywood is all about, right? Clint Eastwood, you work with Clint Eastwood. How terrifying was it or to be working with Clint Eastwood And moving from that idea of like perfectionism to where you are today. So tell me a little bit about like how you got that role in Jersey Boys. Yes, absolutely. Such a great question, you know, because everyone only knows what they know from the other side, right? No one, no one knows what things are really like except the person. Um, and since I was a little girl, Carrie, I always wanted to be on Broadway and I worked my butt off to do that. I knew no one in the business, you know, grew up very middle-class. My father worked in a factory. My mom worked at a nursing home, but they gave me all the love and support that I needed. Right. So that's what was most important. I didn't have to be rich or, you know, have, have, uh, this luxury or that luxury. I had the most important things, the love and support, but I worked my butt off to make it to Broadway and I did. And, you know, it was just such a wonderful achievement. And I, you know, have done five different Broadway shows, which I'm so blessed to, to say that I've done. I loved every second of it. And tell our audience which shows you've been on. Sure. Uh, sure. So my, yeah. My Broadway debut was West Side Story, The Revival. And um, I got to play Rosalia and sing America. You know, Puerto Rico, you lovely island. All of that, which was like classic for me, you know, being a, a girl who grew up loving musical theater to be in this iconic show was was amazing. Um, and never once did I take any of it for granted. Like never once, it's funny, people would often say to me like, Renee, don't get a big head. Even when I, you know, moved out to California, Renee, don't let, you know, LA take you away. And I'd always be like, never. Like, Never, never could I ever be a person who, who took anything for granted. So did West Side Story. Then my second show was called Wonderland. And it was a take on Alice in Wonderland. Very short lived, lasted on Broadway for one month. Then I went into a beautiful musical called Chaplin, which was the life and story of Charlie Chaplin. Then from there, I did Jersey Boys which actually um, propelled me into the film, which I'll talk about in a second. And then from there, I lived out in California for three and a half years, moved back, and I booked Pretty Woman on Broadway. So that was my most recent show. But going back, uh, I was doing Jersey Boys. 
2013 on Broadway and it was truly a dream because for me, I'm really from New Jersey. The whole storyline takes place literally miles from where I live. Um, all of my family from New Jersey could come right through the Lincoln Tunnel to see me. It was just such a special, special time for me. So living my life, living in Midtown Manhattan, I lived down the street from the theater, which was amazing. And Carrie just going about my eight shows a week, loving, loving life. And we had been hearing rumors that they were doing a movie version of Jersey Boys. And I didn't think much of it because again, I was like, oh, they're going to hire big celebrities for these roles. I didn't even think twice about it. And one day uh, we're doing the show. It's a Sunday matinee. And one of my castmates says Clint Eastwood's in the audience. And I was like, huh. So I go out there, the girls go out to sing my boyfriend's back and I look 10 rows back and there's the legend, Clint Eastwood. And I was like, oh, okay, he's, he's here. <laughs> Apparently he was going around to all the different casts of Jersey Boys because at that point, I think there were seven different companies like uh, Vegas, the tour, Broadway, um, Australia, I mean, all over. And he wanted to see all the different people play the roles. So again, had a great show, met him after, said hello. It was awesome. And then they slowly but surely started calling people in from our cast to audition. So fast forward, at this point, I tell my agent, listen, I'd love to get an audition for the movie. I don't care if I'm like, you know, someone sitting in a, in a bleacher in one scene. It would just be so cool to be a part of the film. Then they put out a breakdown for the role of Mary Delgado, which means like a description of the character. And they're like searching for Mary, you know, sassy New York girl, wife of Frankie Valley. And I'm like, huh, I mean, I'm playing her. Okay. So again, talked to my agent. I was like, listen, I, I'd love to be seen for Mary if possible. She's like, we're on it. At this point, all the different, you know, friends, girls of mine, girlfriends, they're all getting called in for the role of Mary. I'm getting nothing. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong with this picture here? Right? So like talk to my agent again. And she's like, Renee, I don't know what to tell you. They won't see you as Mary. She was like, they'll only see you as one of the angels. And at this point I'm like, you have to be kidding me. Like I'm playing the role. Like how am I not getting an appointment? So again, threw my hands up and I was like, I'm going to go in and audition for one of the angels. I go to the audition I'm in the room with the casting director and we're talking and, you know, I'm telling him how I'm really from New Jersey. And then he said, would you like to sing the song or read the scene first? And I look at him and I go, you know, Jeff, I got to be honest with you. I was really hoping to come in and read for the role of Mary Delgado. And he looks at me and he's like, I was just thinking the same thing. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, really? Oh my God. So he's like, okay, great. Well, you can do the audition for the angels. And if you want, you can come back another day to audition for Mary. And I was like, Oh no, I'm going to audition for it today. I'm not leaving the building until I do. So I do the audition, leave there that day, day feeling so grateful because I got the opportunity. That was most important to me, right? Opportunity. We all have those like times in our life where we're like, Oh my gosh, if I don't say something, I'm going to kick myself. Or if I don't, you know, take action. I'm really going to be, I'm going to have regrets. And for me, that's what was most scary is to leave that day or have the movie come out and me not have had the chance. 
So feel happy. Go back to my eight shows a week. And two weeks later, I get a call from my agent and she's like, you're married to Elgato in the movie. Clint Eastwood loved you. And I'm like, oh, like hysterically crying. It was ex- just surreal, surreal to the umpteenth degree. So fast forward, just to tell you all, I had never done a film before, never stepped foot on a film set. I had only done Broadway, which is completely different than film. So I get there the first day and I meet the team. I meet Clint and he comes up to me and he's like, you know, I went around to all the different casts, but nobody was in your class. And then you came in and put yourself on tape and it was the icing on the cake. And I'm like holding back the tears, right? Cause I'm like, is this happening? Like Clint Eastwood, like what? So filmed for the first day after we finished filming, Clint and I sat down and had lunch together. And from that day forward, we would sit and eat together every time I filmed. And Carrie, it was the most beautiful experience because I was like a sponge. I asked him questions. I like, I learned from him. I, I just feel like he was a mentor and he really was. I was like, Clint, how did you do this? Clint, what was it like this? Clint, and he would answer me and I just learned so much from him. And the first day, something I wanna pinpoint, is I said to him, I said, Clint, your team of people are so wonderful. They're as genuine and as warm as you are. And he said this statement to me, which is something that I believe so strongly. So it's really stuck with me. He said, life's too short to surround yourself with people who don't lift you up. And I was like, that's what I say, you know, like that's what I believe. And he's just the most incredible wonderful, grounded human being that you've ever met. Like if you met him, you would never think this man is a legend because he has no ego, just my kind of people, you know? And we're eating lunch one day. This is like a few weeks now into the filming and it's Clint, myself, and one of the producers of the film. And they're talking about how Clint knew that he wanted me for the role when he saw me on Broadway. And I go, wait a second, do you guys want to hear a funny story? I couldn't even get an appointment for the role of Mary. And they were like, wait, wait, what do you mean? We requested you. And I said, you requested me? The only reason I, I got to audition is because I opened up my big mouth in the room and asked Jeff, who was the casting director, and they're like, what? So now all of us are flabbergasted. We're like, what happened? Come to find out. It was just human error. There was a casting associate middleman somewhere along the way who was juggling a few films at once and just dropped the ball. And Carrie, I love this story so much and I love talking about it because it's such a testament to how important communication is. If I didn't have the confidence to open up my mouth and speak in that room that day, I could have missed my once in a lifetime opportunity. And look, I get chills, like just thinking about it because- I have goosebumps. uh, Right? Because it's just like, that could have easily happened. I could have easily been scared out of my pants and not said anything and just went about my day, never auditioning for the role of Mary Delgado. All the while, behind the scenes, Clint Eastwood wanted me for the role, but I never auditioned, right? So it's just, I I love sharing that because I, I hope to inspire people to understand 
that like you did, Carrie, with feeling the fear and doing it anyway, that is worth it. Because on the other side, you're only going to miss an opportunity. You're going to waste time in your life. You're going to waste energy. So I say, take the fear and move forward. And, and I promise you, you'll feel so good after you do. So that's how the film came about. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And from there, I spent three and a half years living in California. I did a TV show. I did a lot of great things, wrote my one woman show out there. And then my husband and I decided, we're like, we're ready to go back to the East Coast. And we came back and then, you know, I auditioned for Pretty Woman on Broadway and did that show basically two years. And, and here I am. And you're still just as genuine and humble and warm as, like you explained, Clint Eastwood being. And see why he saw the gift in you because you radiate just this like genuine humble energy warm approachable and anyone can can be led by you in so many different ways right now i love watching your uh, pretty strong women on uh, on instagram so i will definitely share that in the show links and you can tell us a little bit about that at the end uh, pr hashtag pretty strong women right follow that on instagram as well as renee but I see why Clint just fell in love with you and what led you to teach communication because a quote I heard today was the power of freedom is the power of choice. Mm. And it's not just choosing what to do or where our focus is, but it's the choice of whether we're going to speak up or if we're just going to be complacent and let fear rule the roost right because we all have fear it's like choosing whether we're going to rise above it and exercise faith i believe or just go out on a limb and voice what is inside of us what we know to be the truth yes because if you didn't do that and that human error that of not communicating clint's request you want to you know your whole life would be different Yes. And you know, Carrie, I just always think, and, and maybe this is, this is just part of who I am, but I never want to go through life feeling like I didn't give my best. And not that my best is always going to get me to the next level, but it's a, pro a, a proving to myself that I'm doing all I can with what I have. And, um, Siri Lindley brought this up in, um, Unleash the Power Within, Tony Robbins' event. And she, she says the quote that it's not by her. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. But it's basically, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Oh, and I love that quote so much because that is really how I feel so deeply is if I didn't put my best foot forward and say that that day in the audition room, I wouldn't be able to live with myself, right? Because... Even if he said no, even if he said, Renee, sorry, you're not what we're looking for. Okay. That's okay. Cool. But I know, knew that I tried. And for years being a performer, that's always, I believe what really got me through because it's a, it can be a brutal field, right? Not always the most talented person gets the job. Not always the one who works the hardest. It's really, you know, it could be a crazy business. And I think what allowed me to stay grounded was to always just focus on what I had control of. Mm -hmm. 
So if I walked into an audition and I was prepared and I did my best and I sang great and I danced great and I walked out of there and felt really good about myself, but they said, Renee, yeah, we, we actually don't need to see you again. You're cut. Yeah. Okay. It stings for a second, but not as bad as it would sting if I went into that audition room unprepared, kind of not ready, didn't sing well, didn't do my best and then got cut. That's where I would have a problem because I know I didn't put my best foot forward. So I just, I, I think that that's something really important to remember is, you know, we have one life and it's such a short life. Really. When you look at the grand scheme of things, it's like, why not just give your best? Yeah. You're going to be scared. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect, but you'll always know that you did everything you could in your power. You are so inspiring. And not only in your words just now, but I see where you built the resiliency from your past career and how that plays a part and how you show up, like how you do one thing is how you do everything, how you were on Broadway, how you were on the big screen. It's how you show up every single day on social media, on your Instagram, on your Facebook, on just inspiring in your groups of those people that you lead. It's, it's so inspirational to, for a lack of a better word, but there it was hard work. It was built upon your upbringing too. watching your parents work hard and having that love and empowerment from a very young age and just not living in regret. I know like I lived in regret for a long time of my life and it made me physically ill. And so how can we not live in regret each and every day? There's so much like I want to say today, but I probably won't share it, but you make me like want to go do a video and share yes. what's on my mind. And that's what you do right now. Yeah. You're making me cry. Honestly, you're getting me so choked up because I just, you, it's so funny. You see that in me, but I see such, I mean, you are, you are the definition of authentic Carrie. And I feel the same way when I watch your videos and I see you show up in the community. It's just, it's so beautiful to see. And I, no matter what you talk about in your past or what mistakes you've made, your, your ability to be vulnerable and be honest about who you are is only going to connect you so deeply to others. And that's why you and I are so connected and we've never met in person, right? Like I, I, I love to teach the fact that the parts of ourselves that we are often ashamed of, or we often want to hide and we're like, Oh, I don't want to admit that I did that or those are the parts that connect us with others the most. Mm -hmm. So I hope everyone can really like take that in and let it, let it really ruminate in your system because those parts of yourself that all of us have them. Okay. All of us, that part that we wish we were different or we wish we didn't do that in our past or we wish blah, blah, blah. Those are the parts that when you kind of own up to them and share them, you deeply connect with so many people that probably you wouldn't have connected with if you didn't share those parts of yourself. And that's something that I've really had to work through, I believe, this year even, because I was told in the past, like, 
I just don't feel that connection with you, whether it be, you know, in real life or even on video. And I've needed to work through that and how I can just like crack the seal, break down the wall, stop playing small and just be honest with my failures, with, you know, the shame that I had in the past with being depressed and sick and ill and all those things. It's like, that's where I've had the right people come into my life after I share that. And yeah. so thank you for confirming that because we get stuck in our heads sometime. And always, <laughs> always. I'm getting in your head. I really like to talk about how um, I focus a lot on intrapersonal communication, which is the way we talk to ourselves. If we're not talking to ourselves, right, we can't maximize how we talk to other people and others. So something was brought to my attention today, and it was how we talk to ourselves changes our body chemistry. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference in you know how we feel, how we show up for our work, how we connect and build relationships, how we share vulnerability. So how do you see this playing out in communication, the self-talk? Oh. Carrie, we are like, we are like connected, my friend, because that is the basis of of what I teach, that it starts with the most important relationship, the relationship we have with ourselves. And we, my dear, can be brutal to ourselves and take it from me. I call myself now a reformed perfectionist. I lived so much of my life talking to myself the way I would never talk to someone else. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to the business, right? The business of performing, you know, you you go in an audition room in, in a leotard, you know, with, with 50 girls, you know, and, and people sit behind a table and go, you can stay, you leave, you're too tall, you're too short, you look too Italian, you look too white. I mean, just, it's crazy, right? When you really think about that. So it becomes very easy for you to talk to yourself in ways that are, are not, not acceptable. Come on, Renee, what are you, well, come on, you could have did that better. What are you, stupid? Oh my God, you need to like lose weight. Oh my God, you're just not this enough. You're not that enough, right? And honestly, there are so many days that I, that I cried about it because I was aware that I wasn't being nice to myself. And I am a person who, oh my God, If someone else, if I heard someone else talking to themselves like that or talking to another person like that, I would stop that quicker than you could ever imagine. So some days I would cry being like, why am I doing this to myself? I deserve to be talked to in a loving way. Renee, you're so good for everybody else, right? And that's when I started to realize, wait, like you cannot see everything becomes a pattern, right? Habits, the way we start to talk to ourselves becomes a habit. And the more you um, work in those habits, they become patterns. Mm -hmm. And then that's when the problems start because you're like, oh man, now this is second nature. And as a performer, it's very easy to beat yourself up and to make you work harder, right? Which sometimes works because then you're like, great, I got the job. So then your mind's like, well, this is how you get better. Beat yourself up. Oh, Renee, you messed up that turn. Do it again. That was horrible. You suck, right? We all do this. You suck. Oh my God. You look like crap. You better lose weight. We all do that. But if we can flip the script 
and start to understand that the more love and positivity we pour into ourselves through our words, the healthier our bodies become. Like you said, our, our body chemistry listens to our words because those words turn into feelings Mm -hmm. and those feelings emit an energy throughout our body. So when you can start to say, even though I could have done that better, I'm going to show myself grace because I would show another person that grace. And it becomes about being aware when you're not being nice to yourself, taking a step back and going, wait, I need to treat myself like I treat someone else. Mm -hmm. And once you become a master of that talk within yourself, again, my friends, that doesn't mean perfect. You're not going to be perfect all the time. That little negative voice is definitely going to come in because that's what our brains are meant to do, but it's about being aware. And the minute you're aware that you've kind of gone veered off into the um, self-hatred and the beating yourself up judgment cycle, take that step back and go, wait, I am a beautiful human being. I am doing my best. And I am going to start from now, from now, right? Don't worry about the past. Start from where you are and just start to develop this practice of using loving words. I mean, I am a huge, um, component. No, what's the word? I, uh, advocate or thank you advocate for journaling. Oh my goodness. Like that to me is everything. So journaling in the morning. This is what I tell my clients. As soon as you wake up, after, you know, if you meditate, whatever your routine is, take five minutes. That's all. I know we're all busy, but if we don't have five minutes, then we have a bigger problem, right? Take five minutes for yourself, set the alarm, and take out your journal. If you don't have one, I suggest getting one. And simply ask yourself this, how am I feeling? And let yourself free write for five minutes. What this does is, allows all the stuff that's happening in your subconscious brain to release down to your hand and onto the page. Mm -hmm. And when you're finished writing, what often happens is you'll look back at it and go, oh, I, I didn't think I was angry at that person anymore, but apparently I am, right? It becomes like a mirror for you. And what it does Secondly, is it gets you into a a conversation with yourself right off the bat. So you're starting your day off in communication with yourself first. So then it's like now you're on solid footing. And as you go about your day and you communicate with others, you have a stronger base off of which to do that. That's so true. I'm a big advocate of journaling. And because I feel like my mind or all of our minds are wired to be negative or critical and some more so than others. I write down every day, like 10 positive affirmations, like something that I would want my friend to tell about me. I must continually build that habit and tell myself like you are amazing. You are beautiful. You are successful. You are worthy. All these things that just need to be nailed in. It's a practice. I need to do it every single day. Some people are more wired to be positive. For me, it's a learned trait to be an optimist and so positive, but because our brains are not wired to be that way, but it's such a small five minute act that really 
um, nails in that energy, that positive energy that's going to drive all communication throughout the day, not just communication with ourselves, but how it radiates out to others. And a big thing about when we do get in that negative self-talk, I love that you brought this up is to just be aware that's first and just let go of it, like honor it and spread compassion to that person, that thought that is um, draining, that's going to And it's so powerful, Carrie, because trust me, I have, I'm sure like you, like you go on loops sometimes. I call it snowballing, right? You snowball. So because I'm such, you know, I'm such an aware person, I'm, I'm an empath, right? So I feel I feel energies. I feel if someone's telling me a story, I'm feeling it with them. And that can become very taxing, right? Because you're like absorbing everyone's energies. So within myself, sometimes when I catch myself in that negative um, self-talk, what I can sometimes do is then go, now, Renee, why, why did you do that? What, you know better, right? And now you're on a second cycle. Mm-hmm. But like you said, just letting it go and forgiving yourself for those negative thoughts, because the truth is they're not yours, right? No. They couldn't possibly be mine if you in Canada, right? And me in New Jersey, we probably have the same thoughts. So it can't be my thoughts or yours, right? It's just a universal thing. So if you can learn to detach from it, instead of saying like, I thought that, it's like, no, it was a thought, not my problem. Then you can easier, it's easier to step away from it. We're so much more than those thoughts that arise, but how do we take it to the next level, which is really what you help just everyday people. And that's what I love about you. You just want to help the average person that is going on camera. And I know like I get into that self-talk as well. Like, how can I say the right things? What should I say? But really it's, letting go of that perfectionism and just talking from the heart. So you want to talk a little bit about what you currently are just super passionate. And I believe that this is more of your purpose and how you feel like maybe your purpose has evolved. Yeah. I love that. So we, Carrie and I were talking about this a little bit before we, we started doing the interview, but just this idea of purpose, right? We all I feel like it's kind of become this just cliche thing. Like, what's your purpose? What's your purpose, right? But when you really think about it, it's it's not always just one thing, right? Probably what you wanted to be as a little girl or as a little boy has since evolved. But it's about really getting in touch. And this is why interpersonal communication is so important. Why getting in touch with yourself from the, the minute your day starts is so important because the part of us that's the truest is the part that's most quiet. So like the quiet voice is the part that's most us, not the crazy part. That's like, Oh my God, Renee, what are you doing now? What are you doing? Okay. You have this podcast. Then what are you doing? Oh, why did you do your hair like that? Why did you write the whole, the negative self talk, all of that, the loud voices. That's not your intuition. That's not your guttural instinct speaking to you. Those that quiet voice is the one that you have to really tune in with yourself to hear. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about purpose, it's, it's all about what is my gut telling me? What is my instinct telling me that I'm meant to do? And for me, 
even all throughout my years, you know, on Broadway and being a performer, that absolutely was my purpose. And I'm always, I will always be a performer at heart. Always, right? That's who I am. But I always sensed this, this feeling within me that I'm talking about, this instinct, this guttural feeling that was like, there's something else. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know exactly what that was, right? But I just kept staying in touch with that. And I didn't force it. And I didn't say, what is it? I need to know now. I was just like, all right, there's something else. And I stayed open. Mm -hmm. So while I was doing my last Broadway show, Pretty Woman, I started writing my book. And the book came out of many different conversations. And the conversations um, were all about friends and their relationships. And, you know, if a, if a friend of mine was, you know, dating someone new, she would be like, well, you know, I want to call him, but I don't know this. And, and I would be the one giving advice. And one day a friend of mine, you know, started talking about this new guy she was dating and she wanted to know, you know, how he was feeling, but she was scared to. And I finally just asked the question and I was like, well, did you talk about it? You know, did, did you ask, you know, ask him about it, which to me was such a simple question, right? Like, did you talk about it? And, and she was like, well, no, I mean, I mean, I don't want to rock the boat in this. And in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a problem. We as a society have, have a problem with authentic communication, right? Which to me is being able to say, Hey, Carrie, I really love like speaking with you. Can we become friends, right? Just that one-on-one direct conversation that that's really scary for a lot of people. And through that, I, I would always be giving advice and talking about this. And I heard myself this one day and I go, this is a book. Mm-hmm. And I started writing a book about communication and Carrie at that time, I was like, this is my purpose. Still not knowing how or what, but I was like, communication. It's something with communication. I've always been obsessed with being a good communicator. And when I think about it, I've been a communicator my whole life as a performer, right? Using my body, my voice to really, you know, communicate on the highest of levels. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of kept writing my book after the Broadway show closed. That was last August. I continued with my book. And then out of nowhere, I saw this advertisement pop up with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi talking about this course called the Knowledge Broker Blueprint. And my husband and I, listen to this, we're going on vacation to Mexico and Tony and Dean were doing this live talking about this course um, on our last day of vacation. Mm -hmm. And we put it in our schedule to go back to the hotel to watch this live. And Carrie, it ended up being KBB And it was all about like how to structure a business and, you know, how to find your superpower. And my husband turned to me and he's like, this is exactly what you need. You've been saying you want to start your own business. It has to do with communication. This is what's going to help you. And that's what it was. And I took the course uh, starting March 6th, finished it April 24th. And I just followed along. And the more I immersed myself in it, I was like, oh my God. I need to be a communication coach. This is what my calling is. And then the more I do it, the more I work with one-on-one clients and help them to find their own power through communication, through 
identifying when the best time to communicate through technology is Mm -hmm. and when the best time to communicate authentically in the old school way, I call it, which is like a face-to-face conversation, a phone call, like to your ear phone call or a handwritten letter. Mm. And it's about merging these two worlds um, and knowing when and where to communicate in which way. And the more I do it, Carrie, the more I, I am living my purpose. And I just, I love it so much. Yes. And you radiate just happiness and glow and health. And, and it's because I got complete goosebumps when you were talking about like finding the knowledge broker blueprint and, and having to watch it and then joining it because that's really, I think what brought us together, but I had the same kind of experience last year and I love that you bring up you've been doing you've been communicating your whole life on stage through acting and singing and dancing yet it just takes different forms so sometimes people get so hung up on like I don't know my purpose and then they get stuck in asking that question and question but it really is like a passion I believe that stays consistent throughout our lives and it molds and it takes different shapes and forms. And it doesn't really matter how you communicate. Like you said, when is it the right time to write a letter? When is it the right time to pick up the phone and not just focus on one narrow thing, but just be open, right? And oh my gosh, what you said is such, I think the biggest takeaway for me, you said the quiet voice is the most powerful. And I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you think of it? Like, it's so funny. It's like all day long, we like battle with this loud voice or voice says, right. I'm like, Oh, here it goes again. Oh my gosh. Like uh, I call it the three act play. We, We create a three act play in our heads. We're like, Oh my gosh. Yep. And then this happened. Meanwhile, we're not even present in our actual life because there's so much going on up there. But all the while, and everyone, this is why I hope you really get this, all the while, as all that's going on up here in our head, in our gut, in our, in our like sacral chakra, right, is like that quiet little voice that's just waiting, like with, with his or her hand held up to be like, can you pick on me? Just pick on me. I have to tell you something. Just can you listen to me, right? But we don't hear it because it's like, blah, 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 blah. but when we quiet, down through breathing, through journaling, through asking ourselves, just showing ourselves love by asking ourselves questions. How am I feeling? What the heck do I want? Mm -hmm. Am I still happy performing? Would I like my purpose to evolve, to be a communicator, but in a different vessel, Mm -hmm. right? All these questions and, and, this ability to sit back lets us hear that quiet voice that's just like reaching out to us because the, the truth is, Carrie, it's always there, mm-hmm. right? But what I'm learning in my life is the more I tune into it, the more it's available to me. Like I've been experiencing this a lot lately where I'm learning to follow that gut without questioning it. Cause I think I always followed it to a certain degree, but then I would question it, but do I want to do that? And I don't know because you know, my head's saying this and I don't know, but, and then I go back into the loop, but I'm, I'm starting to develop this ability to just hear, hear the voice and go for it. 
and I've never been steered wrong. And the more I'm doing that, it's almost like the voice is getting a little bit louder. And you're like, good, good, because I can't hear you, so speak up. <laughs> There's a pull towards where exactly where we're supposed to be without overthinking it when we quiet down. I know even in the past like month, I would say, I have been falling on some of the habits of being, get, having my quiet time in the morning, journaling, doing the yoga, doing the meditation. And my loud noise, my loud voice tenant has been taking over. And I'm glad that I've become aware of it just recently. And I'm going to shout out this one book that I'm reading right now. It's called, um, oh my gosh, it is uh, Jay Shetty's book. Um, what is his book that he has just put out? Oh, it's um, the brand new one, the brand new one, right? Yes. I can't remember. I am having my mind chatter. But in reading the first chapter or two, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get back to my quiet space and listen to the quiet voice. And that's when I'm guided effortlessly. That's when I don't even have to do the busy work. It just happens. And that's what you inspire people to do every single day, I would say, with your Facebook group, which I'm honored to be a part of and your Instagram, you're just like, I had this thought and I had to come on here and share it. That's you're leading by example. That's humility at its greatest. That's leadership at its greatest. And just following your purpose through imperfect action. That's what you've taught us all. Yes. Imperfect action, baby. It's so much better than perfectionism. And this is the beauty of it. This is why I love it so much. The more you take imperfect action, just like you did, Carrie, circling back to the beginning of our interview, you took imperfect action, getting on that live with Dean. You didn't know the questions. You were nervous. You're like, I don't even know, but I'm doing it, right? Blah, 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 but I'm doing it. That is, that is the strength of imperfect action. And by you doing that and doing that consistently, you slowly develop confidence, right? By proving to yourself, I can do a, B, and C in spite of the fear. Mm -hmm. And that's all it takes. And the more you do that and the more you practice it, all of a sudden you, you develop this armor of confidence where you're like, listen, the fear may never go away, but I don't need it to. Cause you know what? I'm an imperfect action taker. I don't need it to go away in order to make things happen. So very true. It's about building that courage muscle and we can't build it unless we take those tiny steps every day. Yes. And I would love for you as we finish out this conversation, my kids know you indirectly through your song that <laughs> that's inspired by Tony Robbins. So I'm going to leave all the ways to get in touch with you, which is on Instagram at Renee Marina, Marino official and hashtag pretty woman strong. You have great workouts there that I love. And then the private Facebook group. Can you um, just sing this perfect song? Yes. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. All right, everybody. So this is, these are Tony Robbins incantations, right? That he, he, he teaches, it's like every day and every way I'm getting stronger and stronger. And these powerful incantations that, you know, you can do as you're working out or you're just standing there. But me, I sing them in my head because as a singer, it's just, I sing a lot of things. So I started singing them. So this is how I do them. We're going to do them. Come on. Bye. 
five, six, seven, eight. Every day and every way, I am getting stronger. Every day and every way, I am getting happier. Every day and every way, I am getting healthier. Yes, Carrie. I have my life. Thank you for being here with me. I'm so honored. I'm honored. This has been beautiful. Thank you so much. Since recording this episode with my dear friend, Renee, something big has happened. And I needed to add this in because a lot of people are going to be listening to this episode and realizing I left out a big piece of what Renee did or does. So yes, she is an amazing communication coach. But I, before I interviewed her, I had some pre-qualifying questions. And just to be honest about the timeline of this recording and now present day is that Renee and I spoke on September 15th. Within two weeks, she had a transformational life experience. So a pre-qualifying question I had asked her before we met on September 15th was, what is one big goal you have for the next 12 months? And her response, I'm reading it verbatim, is says, speak on stage, inspiring millions about authentic communication with my mentors, Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi. So within the past two weeks since we recorded this episode, she was asked, she accepted, and she was on stage alongside Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi. She was live in Tony Robbins' studio in Florida serving over eight thousand people tenfold because there were multiple people so it was at least 10,000 people that she reached plus even more because it was all spread over social media and she achieved her goal she achieved what she had a vision of the future to be like you know why because she already knew that that was the truth. And I have to tell you that I was honored to serve, not live in the studio, but I was honored to be a witness to her just lighting up with her authenticity, with her God-given gift, with her humility and her talent to inspire, influence, and change the world. And I was witness to it. It was the most beautiful thing. I was at the Knowledge Broker World Summit on October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th as a team leader representing Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi. And the whole experience, the way I was able to do that was the same way Renee was able to serve and achieve her 12-month goal within weeks of her declaring it to me. And that was through having a vision, knowing her truth, and showing up just as her self. 
It is so easy when we quiet that loud voice in our head, that shout, that chatter, and listen to the quiet voice like she said. I listened to my quiet voice. I knew I was going to be at the Knowledge Broker World Summit. I knew without a doubt I was going to be there, and so did she. I didn't have a plan to be there, and neither did she. I was asked to serve at the Knowledge Broker World Summit, and so was Renee. And it comes down to having a thought, having a belief, and having 100% conviction that a dream is reality. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.